What is currently happening in our cruise industry today? Join me for Cruise Combos as we discover and learn from cruise industry leaders across the globe, all within 28 minutes. I'm Claudine Cole. I'm the host of Cruise Combos. Today we have Rafat Ali. Rafat, welcome to Cruise Combos. Hey Claudine, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Rafat Ali, we're going to start off with some quick fire questions and then we're going to jump into some more fun things. What an honor to have you. You're definitely one of the people in our tourism world that I completely look up to. Rafat, quick fire questions. Ready? Ready. All right. Number one, what is your favorite cereal? Muesli. <laughs> I just, I love just putting it overnight into the fridge and, and just get done with it in the morning. <laughs> That's awesome. Number two, what is your favorite season of the year? I would say summer. I like the heat. I'll take the heat. I go to India with family in summer and uh, it's very hot, but the kids love it. And that's what it is. Epic. And last question. One of your favorite vacation spots? Uh, Faroe Islands. We were there uh, a few years ago with our now older son. I have a younger son since and would love to go back with them again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now let's jump into some questions. Tell everybody, tell our cruise community about yourself and your epic company, Skift. So I started Skift. We started Skift 11 years ago. It's, it's, it's our 11th year. So it's a business media company focused on the business of travel. So news, research, conferences, marketing services for the travel industry cutting across sectors. So people in the cruise community know us for our larger picture, big picture coverage about where the trends in travel are going, where the future of travel is happening. They've probably attended our conferences, have downloaded our reports. We have Skiff Research. On a day-to-day basis, we don't cover cruises on a day-to-day news basis, but we certainly cover all their earnings of these public companies. We cover some of the new innovations that are happening on and off. And obviously, a lot of our focus is on changing traveler behavior. So that's very applicable to the cruise industry from that perspective of what digital booking habits or what are people asking for during their trips, post-trips, et cetera. So a lot of our focus is on changing consumer behavior and how, how that affects all of travel. I love that. You lead a team about 80 people you mentioned, right? Yeah, 80 people now. We were a physical company, as in we had an office in New York, office in small office in London. We had people in Singapore prior to the pandemic. And as happened with the pandemic, we were about 60 people then. And uh, much like every other part of the industry, including cruises, was shut down during the whole COVID. We had to cut back and we were down to about 40 people. And we started hiring again in, in 2021. And I've hired 40 people since then, probably more because some people have left as well. And so now we're a fully virtual company. We made a decision to give up all of our offices. And I'm sitting in my house in Queens in New York, but I've been sitting for the last three years. And uh, we run a global company now. We have employees in all over U.S. A lot of our folks moved out of New York to different parts of the of the country, some international as well. People in U.K., India, other parts of Europe, South Africa, etc. So we're hi- Philippines, and so we're, we're we're now hiring in all different places. That's wonderful. And you do still get your team together. I read that you're going away on a retreat and you have an awesome sponsor for that. 
Tell us just quickly, uh, where are you taking your team? I think it's Iceland, right? We're going to Iceland. So we started doing these retreats in 2014. We were going to 10 people and went to Iceland there. So sort of a full circle moment. We survived COVID. We, we, we're now doing very well. And uh, as a company and Intrepid Travel, which is the one of the, the largest adventure travel company is our sponsor. They're basically taking us there. But I'm really excited. I've been to Iceland, I think seven times. This is going to be my eighth time going. Oh, wow. And I was there a week after the famous volcano stopped. And that was my first time when I went. And the famous volcano that I cannot pronounce. Uh, or uh, <laughs> So, yeah, we, uh, we, we are. We, we, uh, the big part of being a, vert, of a remote company is not just be remote from each other, but be able to meet multiple times a year. And so we do around our conferences, um, and then we do with our annual retreat, and then different people meet in different cities where they are. Absolutely amazing. And I can, I can tell, you know, you are such a great leader, and just how you bring your team together, even though you're apart, you're still bringing them together. It's just wonderful to see. Rafa, I read an article about uh, Hurtigruten, Hurtigruten, I hope I said it correctly, yes. to all our listeners out there. And uh, just tell us just a little bit about that. You pronounce it better than I will. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to. I'll let you pronounce it. Is um, that some of the criticism in general of the cruise industry is just the environmental impact that, the, that, that these large ships have had on destinations, on the, on the seas and the oceans that they cruise on. And Hurtigruten has, has put very strict limits on zero emission, on using electric cruise ships which I think will be a huge game changer for the industry. And so I, I think the, the thing you saw was I, I praised them on LinkedIn and the fact that they've committed to this. And I think that's my general sense is technology in many ways will help mitigate the impact. This is true in the airline industry. Obviously, they're very much focused on sustainable aviation fuel and equivalent is coming to the cruise industry as well. And then better planes, more efficient planes, lighter footprint on the environment. And so similar, I'm sure you cover in your daily worlds of, of the cruise world, is and should come to the cruise industry. I do believe that smaller ships is the future of the, of the industry, particularly as customers demand a sort of more intimate experience versus the mass experience. There's always going to be mass. I think one of the things that none of us should turn up, be snobs about, is the mass tourism part. Because that has to happen for the industry to sustain itself. A base of mass tourism is, is necessary. It can't just be all luxury travel in all parts of the industry. And people who are mass at some point could be part of the luxury world as well. So you have to sort of think about that. So I think from that perspective, I'm excited about innovations like these that help move the cruise industry and some of the criticism that is had forward. You're right. We do see a lot of smaller lines coming into the market as well. We have a team and we're like talking, we're like, oh, what's this cruise line? It's a small line that's coming in. Lots of new um, luxury or niche lines starting up. So you're right. And what, um, let, me, let me just say this final yeah. point. I do think that, so for instance, if you ask majority of the people in our company, would you be open to cruisers? And most of them would be first time cruisers if they, if they go. Mm. If you pitch to them a mainstream mass ship, guaranteed there's a reason why they're, they're, they haven't cruised before. They will not be open to that experience. But if you pitch them river cruising, mm -hmm. 
it's a different experience, which is a very more experiential, integrated with the environment, with the destinations and et cetera, where you're going. So I think personally, like, again, I'm not a cruiser cruiser per se, but I would love to go on the cruise down the Amazon in Peru or, or Brazil or any of the countries or Nile certainly, or, you know, any of these places. I was in Senegal and they have this incredible cruise that we didn't, we weren't able to go last year. My wife and I went, I forget the exact river that you go down in Senegal, but I would love to do that. So that's, I think, where the younger experiential traveler would be a better pitch in general. So I feel like that's where industry should definitely focus beyond the mass that they do already. I love it. Rafa, let's talk a little bit about technology. I see you always talking about technology, AI. There's lots of different things. Just uh, share with our listeners. Give us a little bit of your knowledge. Yeah, so it's a fascinating time, particularly after COVID, where, as you know, as the, a lot of the industry was closed, but the larger companies were focused on retooling a lot of their businesses, particularly around tech, whether it's reservation systems or new customer service systems, because obviously customer service was a huge concern during COVID, early on in the COVID. And so a lot of the companies have retooled and looked at new systems and tech and put investments in it. It was a time where they could do that when they didn't have the mass of tours coming in. And so just in the last few months, AI, as you know, everybody's talking about AI and Chad GPT and the tools that have come in. And there's just so much potential. And this is some of the videos I've done on LinkedIn, as well as obviously Skiff covers it on a daily basis. And there's a lot of buzz about front end AI, as in chatbots and Chad GPT type tools. And that's only one part of the AI world. What AI can unleash on the operational part of cruises or hotels or airlines or airports, et cetera, is we're still very early in this. And the, the technology around how AI understands complex data, complex language, and makes meaning out of it is still we're still very early in it, even though the 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 technologies is is leapfrogging literally by the day. And so uh, we're sitting here um, a few weeks into March, and the company behind Chad GPT is a company called OpenAI launched their new version of their technology. And it's exponentially better than the one they launched three months ago, exponentially better on understanding, like you could feed it an image, any image, like you can feed it, a, a, you you open your fridge, take a photo of, of whatever's in your fridge and say, tell me what's in here and what can I make out of this for the next three days. It oh, will wow. not only understand the image on what it is, if it's milk, vegetables, whatever, here's what you can make from it. And here's here's the recipe. And this is just a small example. So we are in just an incredible time for tech. So imagine the potential it has for surely travel marketing in general. Yeah. Because you can generate a lot of content a lot more faster. But also, so make the work of your team a lot more efficient. But also operationally, whether it's hotel back of the house or cruise back of the house, where the work of, and, and as you know, labor shortage has been a perennial issue, particularly over the last few years uh, for our industry. 
So you'll see a, a lot of this stuff coming in. So a lot of our coverage is focused on the tech side. There's so much action on that side. And then the other part that I think we've been covering quite a bit on the tech side is payments and sort of a broader topic of fintech in travel and how payments, which have always been a friction, particularly internationally as you travel, is becoming a lot more seamless, whether mm. it's mobile wallets that have come in travel and you know even things that are mainstream now like Apple Pay have made our life so much easier. And then fintech has come in into how we book and pay for travel. For instance, let's take example of your industry cruise. You want to book something online, but you're not sure. So you want to hold this price for 24 hours or, or a week, for instance. Mm-hmm. So you pay $10 extra and you can hold this price for a week. So those types exactly. of innovations in booking where you are able to sort of break down a bunch of things in the booking process and pay for these conveniences is now coming into the booking process quite a bit. Or price guarantee in case, you know, pay me $25 more and I'll give you this at the lowest price. If you do get a lowest price later, I will rebook you at the, at the lower price and refund you the difference. Oh wow! So, uh, so that type of innovation on fintech is it has come into travel. It's is there already, and uh, I don't know if it's come to cruises yet, but it certainly will if it hasn't already. So interesting. Uh, when we think about, I'm going to jump over to tours. Uh, tours or when you know cruise ship lands or goes well, not lands, but when it arrives at a destination, you mentioned about working and how there's a demand. We're experiencing this with tour guides, uh, language barriers. And I can see some of this technology really coming in play. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the the lifeblood, as you very well know, of the travel industry, this is the consumer part I'm talking about, is itinerary, right? Itinerary mm-hmm. generation. This is true for cruises. This is true for travel agents. This is true for tours, anything. And these AI tools make it so much easier to generate personalized itineraries, whatever your criteria is, obviously people comes in all stripes and shapes and everything else. And so it being able to generate custom itineraries, the language translation has also the, there was an incredible article in, in the New Yorker earlier this year about the exponential leap in translation technology. Oh, and really? What, is, what, what, what has made that possible? And it's probably the most fascinating tech article I've read all year so far in terms of how quickly the leap has happened and for what reason. I mean, it's too technical. It was very technical, but they, they made such that you could understand as you read it as a, as a, as a layperson. And so the real-time translation nirvana that you and I have sort of dreamed of as in to say, I'm talking to you, I don't know your language, but somehow it gets translated to me in real time, whether through the phone, well, most likely through the phone, right, is there. And so it's just a matter of technology propagating to the masses at this point. So language barriers, 100% is a thing that technology can't solve a lot of things. It won't solve human understanding, but it will at least solve the, the, the issue of being able to understand each other's language, if not emotions. Emotion, emotions too, do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, I say understand language and then it's up to humans to do the emotion part. The most part. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully that, that emotion part will, will continue to stay the domain of humans. <laughs> the humane part. I love it. Okay, Rafat, it's honestly honor having you. Again, just I just think the world of you. 
Now, you are named one of the most influential people in tourism in the entire world. Like, wow. And you're saying, what have I done to deserve this? Is that what you're asking me? No, absolutely not. I follow you. I know. I know everything you're doing. You're everywhere. Uh, You were just in the UN. You were like, you're everywhere. You're around the world. You meet a lot of influential people yourself. Tell me a story. Who have you met that has left you like, wow? In in our industry, I'll I'll sort of stick to the travel industry. I think I've met Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb, and he is probably the closest that comes to being a celebrity in like the CEO in travel industry level. Because unlike fashion, our industry doesn't have like celebrity CEOs, right? But whenever he comes to speak, and he speaks at conferences, and our main one that that happens in September in New York is the Skift Global Forum that many of your readers or listeners may know, and all the public company CEOs are there. And when he walks in, one, the room is absolutely overflowing, and then everybody just like, quietens because he's the, as close to a rock star as he can come. But the thing that is incredible about somebody like him is people have controversial views. like They have all sorts of views along the spectrum about Airbnb as a company and its effect on the world. You can argue that 100%. What you can't argue is the dedication that it took for somebody to really take this thing out of their bedroom, which exactly is what it was, to this global iconic brand that is a verb now, required the intensity and focus of somebody like him. Young guy, very young guy. Yeah. And he's a he's an intense dude. And you know, you talk to him and you'll see the passion. They one million percent believe in their own whatever they're selling. And you have to 100% believe in the mission in your world, which is what he's done. And the focus with which he's done and the the design sensibility that he's brought to a sector that could have been completely chaotic, right? It's just people's homes, right? Or, or And so he's brought this design sensibility, that's his background, by the way, uh, to he and his two other co-founders came from design school, which is also very rare in the tech world. They don't, you know, yeah. you typically have people from the tech world that come. And so they, they, they came from RISD, which is a famous, famous design school. So bringing that sensibility. So I've talked to him many times and I think he, he also has become a very good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating where I've interviewed enough CEOs or, or enough executives in this industry where it's apparent when they have learned how to storytell, because you many times you don't come out of the gate knowing how to storytell well on stage, for instance. And he, who I don't think naturally came to storytelling, has learned it. So you can see when he turns his switch on. And so for me, that's as a media person, that's fascinating. So that's why I'm a big admirer, not just of what he's built, but then how he tells the story. I love it. And guess what? So I am right now in uh, Corda Plata. I was here working with uh, the port and I'm actually in an Airbnb right now. My family came down. So we're in an Airbnb. So I love Airbnb. And one more point. I know I read an article because I get all, a lot of my news. My uh, travel news comes from uh, from your channel. Where else? Skip. But yes, of yes. Course, yes. <laughs> but I read that Airbnb is doing something interesting that they're starting to advertise within how, what was it that they're starting, they're looking at 
they're looking at adding paid listings and paid listings, as you, I'm sure you know, if you go to Google or you go to yeah. Booking or Expedia or, or any other booking site, you'll see a bunch of paid links in addition to organic links as well. And they have for now kept their experience pure, yeah. quote unquote, pure, as in no paid listings, but obviously it's a, it's a large multi-billion dollar business for, for these other companies. Yeah. And so they're they're looking at it, but I'm very sure that he's gonna, you know, if it's Chesky and it's Airbnb, they'll give a lot of thought to make sure that it doesn't pollute the listings. And one of the one of the criticisms of paid listings is you can't tell whether this is a paid listing or or an, an organic listing, and it and paid listings overwhelm the actual results. So I'm sure they'll be very focused on trying to make sure that this is the right balance. I love it, Rafat. You have a lot going on at Skift. I know the big conference coming up in September. Some of the ministers I work with love going to that conference. Tell me what else, what, what should our listeners know? How can they you know, make sure that they're uh, not only uh, you know, being involved in uh, everything that our cruise world has, which is epic, but what else can we learn? Tell us a little bit. Yeah, so we are very so this year is just we 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 have designated this year internally as the year of action, and it sounds so obvious, but because this is the first full year of normality in the travel industry, because of obviously COVID, the last three years were somewhat uncertain, and so a lot of exciting things are happening in the travel industry. The economic downturn, yes, but industry seems to be booming so far, as you know, um, and continues to boom. So we are very focused on new regions. So like Middle East, and I know this for, for a fact for the cruise industry, is emerging to be a big area. So for us, from a coverage perspective, it's big. We just launched a daily India newsletter. India is emerging to be the India just crossed China as the most populous nation in the world. Very fast growing middle class in there. So Indians will become the largest outbound tourism market, which obviously has direct implications in the cruise industry as well. So we're covering that. Um, so uh, we're we're looking at launching a conference in Morocco as well, and so there's a lot that I'm excited about. Our our conference, Skiff Global Forum, which happens in September this year is 26 to 28th, and uh, all the big CEOs are there. So if you want to get a good understanding of what's the best mix of where the future of travel is going, and uh, for, and hear from a mix of big public company CEOs, but also the the people that are innovating on the edges, and what I what I guarantee the people is the most is the best brain food you can have for the year uh, if you're in the travel industry. I love it. Absolutely love what you mentioned as well about the Middle East. One of our team members is from India and she's coming to Sea Trade Cruise Global for the very first time. So she's got a long flight. Well, she'll be there and I'm sure she'll have a great experience. And you saw uh, a Saudi, Saudi Arabia Saudi just purchased, uh, they just purchased a, a cruise ship. So lots is happening. It's Lot interesting. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. Now, last question. Are you ready for it? Yes. Yes. I'm wondering what it will be, but yes. <laughs> no, Rafat. If you could look back in your life, okay, if you could look back and you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would you tell your younger self? Wow. Figure out how to keep your hair. Uh, no. <laughs> I actually like being bald, to be honest. I don't have to worry. I, 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 save, I save so much time not having to think about hair. Certainly not that. But I think professionally, trust your instinct. In general, you know, from a business perspective, this is my second company I built and sold a previous company. 
and had nothing to do with travel, but that's what I've done. In general, I'm a big fan of action, action over intent, meaning at all times, make quick decisions and do things versus writing a business plan or like when people start thinking about their business, et cetera. It's all the tools that, that you need to launch your business, particularly if it's a digital, like an online digital type business, are available for very low cost, either free or almost low cost. Media site creator, whatever you want to do is available today. You want to launch e-commerce site, Shopify. So it's everything is available. And so nothing should stop you. So I'm a big fan of trust your instinct and have a bias towards action. And also people talk about education, education, and which, which university you should go to and all this stuff. You know, I did my undergrad in India at a, at a small university and I went to Indiana. I did fine in life. So we shouldn't upset. So the younger self, the true thing I'll tell to my younger self, and I tell it to my, um, my, my, my kids are young, but my other nephews and nieces, it doesn't really matter beyond a certain point where you do education. What you get out of it is what's important. But it doesn't matter if it's an Ivy League or not. It's up to you on what to do while at school and what to do after. So don't obsess too much over your grades or the school that you go to, et cetera. I love it, Ravat. I'm on board with that as well. Now, one last thing. If we offered you a cruise on a small ship, would you go? Yes, yes. I already told you I'm going to go. All right. it, it, uh, cruise lines are listening. It has to be a river cruise. It has to be a river cruise. I would do a river cruise. What about an expedition? What about an expedition cruise? Expedition I'll do too. Expedition I'll do too. I did one in Burma, Myanmar, 11 years ago. River cruise. It wasn't like a cruise. It was just a ship, like a ferry ship. But it was eight hour long. So I guess that qualifies. Um, (laughs) But but just just fascinating how how you can experience life on a boat. Yes. What I love is just, you know, getting to a different destination and the culture and meeting the people. It's just amazing. Rafat, it has been an honor. I'm going to work on getting you, uh, getting you on an expedition ship or getting you on something small. Okay. I'm going to work on it. (laughs) Thank you, Claudia. Thank you for having me. It has been an honor. Thank you for being part of Cruise Combos. All right. Thank you.